You're listening to Two Tall Gamers and Some Microphones. Hey, everybody. This is Blue Neko of Beskar. And this is Blur from Beskar. And you are listening to Two Tour Gamers and Some Microphones. This is episode four, Saturday, May 21st, 2011. What's up, Blur? Oh, I was going to say episode four already. It's episode four. How did that happen? Which is a new hope, if, if we want to be technical. <laughs> we have a new hope for our career in podcasting. This is the new hope episode. <laughs> so, so, Blur, I need to confess something to you. Oh, okay. Should I be scared? No, I think you'll like it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've had quite a bit of beer this evening. Nice. Yes. It was Japanese beer, Sapporo. I love it very dearly. Oh, is that the one in the big silver can? That is the one in the big silver can. And it has a... Uh, it's not perfectly uh, cylindrical. It's it is little, not. It's got an it's, edge to it. Right. It has sort of like a a bust line that goes down into a waist. That is fantastic. I love that. And little slinky hips. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful can. I love that can. I know. No, I think it's a wonderful beer. There are several good Japanese beers, but that is a good one. It's it's a very good one. And for some reason, and we can speculate on this when we do the beer episode of Two Tour Gamers and Some Microphones, that beer really hits me in such a pleasant way that most American beers do not. Yeah, well, most world beers will probably hit you in a pleasant way that most American beers will not. <laughs> right, right. Let's just be honest here. Well, I, I am, you know. I'm all the way down here in Australia. If anyone wants to come get me, come get me. Come get him. Go get him in Australia. Oh, I forgot to mention, I am coming to you live. Yes. No, not live. Well, let's not pretend now. Like we're live. live no, no. Let's, let's pretend we're live. Okay. okay. Uh, sh- 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 hey, live. I'm coming to you live from the Los Angeles studio. And... I'm in the Sydney studio. So, Blur, yes. what happened with our Friday update? Oh, Friday update. A uh, bit of a mixed bag this week. Not one of the uh, big, hallelujah, wow, look at that kind of updates. There, there were some bits and pieces, like when you kind of go to the fridge and you find a few bits and pieces, microwave it all together and just tip sauce over it. Uh, it was kind of like that. What did we learn about this week? <laughs> we learned, um, well, we, not much. We got a launch date. We got a launch date, didn't we? No. Open beta? No. We're in the second phase of the guild process. No. Okay, what is it? <laughs> we got to learn about audio in the game. Mm. I can tell you're a bit underwhelmed. Shall I talk about it instead? Why don't you talk about it? Okay, we we got um we got a, a piece you know p- often the developers will write a little piece about what they do and obviously there's a lot of developers making the game so there's a lot of people doing various things in the game and this chap Scott Morton he does uh, audio he's one of the audio designers in the game that means he sits down and when someone fires a gun or something blows up or a ship flies past he is. I guess if you're a Star Wars fan and you know Ben Burt from the Star Wars films, this guy's kind of like Ben Burt. He gets sounds and he sort of syncs them up to effects and things in the game and tries to make it sound really uh, meaty and beefy and and real, I guess. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell from the uh, silence there that you were a bit underwhelmed, so I'll continue. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He posted a, uh, a, well, first of all, he posted a, a video of a uh, Imperial agent, a Chiss Imperial agent, 
going into stealth mode, and it makes this sort of noise as it as it happens, and that that was kind of cool. I thought, well, that's interesting. It was nice just to see some more video footage of a Chiss Imperial agent. Then he posted a uh, a series of videos, exactly the same footage, but with different layers of sound added each time. Yeah. Now, um, can can I can I do my interpretation? Yeah, of course. Okay. So so the first the first video was like this, pew, and then the second video was like was like this, pew, and then the third video was like this. <laughs> Victory! That was uncannily accurate. It was very accurate. <laughs> what I liked about these videos um, was that it was a bounty hunter doing the shooting. Uh, so we got to see this bounty hunter in armor that I've never seen before in the game. Yeah, and, and he had a cute butt. Let's just be honest, folks. I wasn't actually looking out for that, but I'll take your word for it. I took something different from this Friday update than you did, clearly. Clearly, clearly. I took more from it that his um, the paint job on the armor was a bit Boba Fett. Not perfectly Boba Fett, but it had that mix of green and red uh, going on, and I thought, ooh, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm, and manly thighs. Again, did not look all right. Well, you know, we we all take we all take from this game what we want to take from it, and I took the cute butt, manly thighs, and pretty cool explosion sounds. Yeah. Look, there's nothing wrong with looking for the uh, the manly butt and thighs. Um, it just doesn't float my boat. My bread's not buttered that side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And look below that for those. If you, if you were looking at that article and you got a bit bored in the first couple of paragraphs and, and tuned out below it is a community Q&A. Now, this has a whole bunch of different questions in it. I'm not going to go through them all. Uh, but, for example, the first one was, are there weather condition changes on planets? The second one I was... Like, I like this. I, oh, I like you like this. this? Well, do you want to talk about this bit? No, I don't want to talk about it, but well, I just wanted you to know that I liked it. Oh, well, good. Well, look, people can go and read it if they want to read up about weather conditions on planets, uh, a, a piece about stylized realism, which is the art style in the game and sort of where that came from and... All sorts of interesting stuff. I've got to say, though, they have never answered my question on can we have one name or two in this community Q&A? It still remains the great mystery, although you think you've found the answer. I think I think through our, our Dutch brothers, the mystery has been solved, but you're still a disbeliever. Well, I always say never trust the Dutch, so... <laughs> It's, it's that simple. But you found you found an article and you uh, you transcribed it from the original language into English. Yes. And what did it say? It said, in reference to surnames, we will be discussing those later. Which to me, I mean, really, they could have said outright, we're not going to have last names. Mm. But they said that's something we're going to discuss in the future. So you know, if I could find it, but it, it's going to be difficult to find because. As you know, there are over 50,000 posts on the Beskar website, so for me to find it really quickly, we would have to pause for a, a commercial identification. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Not this early in the show, anyway. Um, look, I, I've got to ask the question, though. When are we going to learn this? When are we going to learn about these names? Because surely the game is coming out in a few months. Um, wouldn't something That's what like, you think. Well... I still think September. I'll put my money down on the counter now. I think September. And I, th I think September too. And a game coming out in September and they don't know whether we can have surnames or not? I mean, come on. 
They do know. I think that Bioware actually knows everything that they need to know, and they're just being stingy with their information because they like to see us squirm. It must be. Because, I mean, what what do they get out of withholding that information? We... Well, they're, they're sadists. That's what they get out of it. They like to torture people. And we are masochists, clearly, because we're coming up on, like, year 47 of following Bioware's production of this game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, and there are people out there, role players, I see it all the time, I see it within our guild, but I see it much wider as well. People want to name characters. And this is my hobby horse topic, you know, forget PvP, forget character balance, forget everything. I just want to know, can we have one name or two? That's my big question. I think the answer is yes, but um, I'm glad that we are into beating dead horses, and we can we can ask this question again next week. We can just keep asking this question over and over and over again until we get an answer. But I hope that when I go to E3 and some of my brethren go with me, one of whom is going to have some insider media opportunities that I won't have, hopefully that will be a question that can be answered from the horse's mouth so to speak. That would be cool. Yes, that will be. And, and we're going to do it. We have a list of uh, questions we're going to take to E3 provided to us by Beskar members, and we're going to get those particular questions answered. And yay, cool. E3. Woo Cool. Speaking of uh, things that fans go to where they ask questions uh, and might get answers or might not get answers, there was a video that went up today uh, on the site as well, well, Friday, rather. It is about the fan site summit that happened some weeks back. It's basically a video with some Star Wars music playing and a whole bunch of people from fan sites sitting at PCs uh, playing tour. Now, it's not interesting in and of itself, um, but I guess it was just kind of fun to see the Bioware officers see the game testing happening. Uh, there's a few people who get on camera later who you would know from other podcasts like ours or videos, and they say, I like the game, or yay, it was nice. Um, nothing really too in-depth. Um, so a bit of fluff, but an interesting bit of fluff. Kind of like if you pull some lint from your belly button and it's uh, a bluish color rather than a gray color, maybe something along those lines. Wow. That was an amazing analogy that I would have never thought of on my own. But yeah. You know what I mean, though? Sometimes you pull the lint out and it's just grey, but sometimes you pull it out and it's it's got a colour, like it's a blue or a green, like if you've been wearing a green polar fleece or something, and you go, wow, look at that. Mm, you huh? find treasure in the oddest places, Blur. I Well, that's me. But That's what I like about you. Thank You're an you. optimist. Thank you. Not You're always, but, but often. Not always, but but where where belly buttons and lint are concerned, you are in fact an optimist. Thank you. Now, we also had I know not really your favorite segment. We had a fan Friday. <laughs> I won't labor over it because I know you're not really into it. But uh, we had a fan Friday where some people who have done some artwork got their artwork displayed. Uh, one of them is in the cartoon style that uh, I don't mind. Sometimes you see the uh, the animated uh, maquettes or statues at sci-fi bookstores. It was kind of drawn in that sort of style. Uh, that was not bad. But uh, on the whole, nothing too interesting there. And a fan site spotlight, try saying that fast, on the site SW Tour Life. Now, I know SW Tour Life because they're following us on Twitter. 
Oh, yay. Well, then yeah. let's give them a shout-out. So, yeah, so they've got to have a bit of a Q&A there. And it's, you know, it's an interesting read if you like uh, knowing a bit more about the people behind the fan sites and all that sort of stuff. Um, check them out. We also got some additional forum smileys and forum avatars. I oh, like those. How could I forget them? How could you forget them? Because guess what, Hotshot? One of the new forum avatars is my boyfriend, Kem <laughs> And if people haven't listened to last week's episode, listen to last week's episode for just how obsessed Blue Neko is with Kem Val. He's, he's amazing. He's super hot sexy with his disgusting mouth. Oh, I love him. And he eats faces, apparently. He does, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's a new thing that needs to go across the world. Face eating in honor of the Empire. Yes. Face eating, it's okay. It's okay. Don't don't judge us. Face eating, give it a go. Don't hate us because we're cannibals. Yeah. Yeah, I think and beautiful. Beautiful cannibals. <laughs> now, you have some uh, something to talk about. E3, I believe. I do, but, you know, Blur, usually you're very good about watching the time. Am and I? And you, you haven't been watching the time. Are, are we at the point where we're going to take our 15-minute break to allow all those fabulous commercials to commence? Oh, look, I guess we'd better do that. So, without any further ado, here's some commercials. back we are this is this is blue neko still no 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 wait i want to be blur for this half can i be blur you can be blur okay oh, this, this is this is <laughs> blur of beskar and this is blue neko from beskar you never thought oh, my no. voice was so deep maybe i should have been like this is blur of beskar <laughs> that's my bad australian accent that is really bad <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> so we were going to talk about E3. Yes. What's happening there? Well, E3 is happening in Los Angeles June 7th, 8th, and 9th. It is at the LA Convention Center. I am going, and uh, several people from Beskar are going, and so we're going to try to do live photos and video and information as we get it. Mm -hmm. We are lucky enough to have a journalist in Beskar, who has a media pass and was invited to a special EA function where he gets to speak specifically with people about Tor, which is totally exciting. Oh, I'd love that. I know. And he's already talking about he's probably going to get a lot of swag, and I'm going to get a lot of swag. And yeah. so all the information we get... That's going to be in a special episode of Two Torn Gamers and some microphones. At this point, we have zero idea of what is going to be discussed at E3. It's typically a very big convention, one of the biggest, where a lot of big reveals happen. Uh, but they're revealing nothing as of this point. And, I mean, it's already the end of May, mm. and this... This event happens at the beginning of June, and we don't know anything, so it's very, it's very bioware of them. Do you not tell us a thing? Do you know what my tip is? <laughs> what is your tip, my, Blue Neko? <laughs> my tip is um, no. My tip is that the um, we'll get 
beta testing details, but we won't get a game release date. I think that would be acceptable slash awesome. I I would like that. That would be very, very cool. And the thing is, um, I'm not going on the first day because usually the first day is when they're working the kinks out. I'm going to go on the second and possibly the third day. So we will probably know, we as people in a guild who communicate with each other constantly, will probably know before I even go what the big reveal is going to be. But if they save it for the second day or even the third day, we won't know. One thing I do know that is unconventional yet interesting is that they have scheduled or they're actually in the process of scheduling a meet and greet in Los Angeles. So people who want to meet the BioWare people, but they're not able to make it to E3, there's going to be a meet and greet, probably at like a bar or restaurant or place like that. And I'm going to do my best to go to that as well because that's free and there'll be food and liquor. And we all know how I feel about alcohol. When you lick it up, that's right. Uh, look, I think they did a mixer like that at the last big show because I saw a video. It was a whole bunch of guys standing in a it looked like a breakout room at a convention center, uh, sort of just shouting and, and talking and stuff. Uh, maybe they went to a bar afterwards. I hope they did. Looks like they could have done with it. But um, that might be what it is. It might just be a room at the convention hall where you're at. I don't know. I mean, they they basically what they've been saying on the, the tour forums is something along the lines of for people who aren't able to make it to E3 but want to have an opportunity to see us. Now, maybe that would be a side room off in the L.A. Convention Center. I don't know. But I'm going to try to go to both events. So I'm going to go to the formal E3 event where I'm going to get loads of information and hopefully a T-shirt. Maybe I can warm up to someone and get a launch date. We'll nice. see. That would be great. And then the meet and greet is probably like, hey, what's up? Let's have some beer. And I'll be like, I'm Blue Neko. Oh, I'll be like, I'm Blur. I'm the leader of Biska. <laughs> and I do a podcast with my friend Blue Neko. And we've been on the radio. Podcast. Podcasts with uh, an S? Cast. Podcast. Podcast. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like a po- podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's I'm great. A, I'm a horrible Australian. You are. Possibly I the really, worst. I am possibly the worst Australian there ever was. But but that's okay because I'm I'm a totally bitching California girl that I have down. But yeah. Australian, not so much. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You've got that down for sure. So, now, oh, yes. Go on. <laughs> no, oh, please, you blue neko, ladies first. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very interested in hearing what comes out of this. I again, I think it's going to be probably a beta date and not a release date. I don't think they've got a release date in their head. Because just recently when there was that uh, financials call, they were saying it'll be out by the end of the year. Oh, but it could also be out in January next year as well. So they were buying themselves time in that call. And that was only just recently. So I don't think they're really too sure when it's going to come out. But uh, look, if they can say, hey, open beta or or a bigger beta test starts, uh, I don't know, July 1, just to pick a date out of the air, that would be great. I like that date. Yeah? I 
I can't say what, well, I like that prediction because it means that there's actually going to be open beta and, and that makes me happy. That would probably be the biggest news next to the Sith Inquisitor reveal. I might add mm-hmm. that would be the biggest news that we've had to have open beta. Now I know, um, you may not know this. I learned today that someone in Beskar has a relative, a brother. So it's not like a cousin's cousin's half-removed, half-sister's best friend's uncle. Who met but, someone once at a McDonald's who knew someone else, yeah. Right, this is an actual brother who he talks to often. Okay. And uh, he just got invited to a new round of beta testing two days ago. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's still activity going. There's still beta testing. Everything's still happening. I keep I keep checking my email, waiting to see when when they want me to do some beta testing, but they haven't sent me an email yet. Well, look, from what I understand, it's not constant testing. It's not it's not like a beta where you can just log in any time and just go for it. I think there are specific things being tested, and I think maybe the servers will get turned off from time to time. Characters will get wiped. It's still in that sort of beta phase at the moment. What I'm hoping at E3 is that they talk about a beta where more people will be involved and maybe the servers become a bit more... Uh, not persistent, but they're up longer and you can just log in at any time. I mean, for people in other countries like here, which are completely different time zones, that's kind of necessary because if you turn the servers off at night in the US, you're kind of, you know, chopping us out of the, the testing block. And I think it does need to be tested by people down in countries like this because we're not getting local servers as far as I'm aware. We need to see what it's going to be like connecting to US servers. That's right. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I'm so agreeable. It's it's great. I think it's the beer, though. By the way, my name is Blur, and <laughs> I am the guild leader of Beskar. How's the guild awesome. going? The How's the guild going? Yeah, how, how's your guild going? It's actually going really well. The, the thing I'd like to report to the general public, to our adoring fans, yes. is that we have some like bomb diggity role play going on right now to where people daily are getting into chat while they're at work. Don't tell your bosses. And then when they get home, they get into Ventrilo because they are collaborating on this huge thread revolving around the sacking of Coruscant. And we actually had one of the Beskar members print up the thread. And as of earlier today, it was a 70-page print-up of role-play. 70 pages of role-play. And we've barely started. I know. All we're doing is like, (laughs) hey, we just arrived. Well, because I'm involved as Blur, I'm involved in this this role-play. And I'm establishing what my character is doing and what Beskar is doing. And you, as Blue Neko, you actually started the thread, so you're you're awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and you're yeah. really pretty and thin, and you're so smart. Thank you very much. You're yeah. welcome. It's it's been a great thread to read, and obviously a lot of people listening to this can't can't read it, but I think it just shows that we've got people in Beskar who aren't role players, but once you start throwing around ideas and like, what would my character have done during the sacking of Coruscant? Would my character have been there? Um, with what age would they have been? You start asking these questions and you start building up stories in your mind as to what you might have done. And even non-role players can't resist it. I know. We we have like a nice cross-section of people, people that I wouldn't have even expected to get involved, but they say, oh, you know, I read that thread. I was thinking about my character. It was really, really cool. And then I have to sit back and think, we don't even have a game. 
And yeah. we have this intense role play going on that keeps everyone entertained every day. I'm going to I'm going to like go off on a tangent here. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. I talked to Brayhan earlier. Mhm. And he was razzing me about the fact that we had um a crap I mean, excuse me, a fantastic update, Friday update today. Yes. Because when we were on the radio last week, by the way, for people who don't know, we were on Galactic Underground last week on Bootleg Radio. We were on for an hour, and then we got asked to stay for another hour. It was so exciting. So we were on for two hours talking to all the Galactic Underground guys who are totally awesome. And we were trying to predict what the Friday update would be, and Brayhan said that it was going to suck. And he was right. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Brayhan. You were spot on with the suckage comment. Brayhan knows about sucking, apparently. (laughs) Well, each to their own, I say. Uh, That's right. Yeah, look, I think I even made the call, and we'd have to go back to the tapes to hear it. I said it'll probably be a fan Friday which I think got a lot of from people. You did. That was the exact noise I made. The exact (laughs) noise I made. (laughs) Yeah, so there we go. Look, it means that next Friday there'll be something quite interesting, hopefully, fingers crossed. Now, PvP. I know you're keen to talk about this, so in the last five minutes of this part of the show, what do you want to say? Last five minutes, we have like three questions. We were All right, people, sorry about your questions. <laughs> no, we're going to have to go to another segment, I think. I think we might push out to a 45-minute episode this time. Yeah. Okay. PvP. Gosh, where do I begin? I love PvP. Mm-hmm. I, am an, I would call myself an old-school gamer. I think the best PvP I ever experienced was in Dark Age of Camelot, followed by Warhammer. Warhammer as a game overall had its issues, but I really like, because it's kind of like what I quote-unquote grew up on, the Mythic version of PvP. And lo and behold, Mythic has a pretty large hand in the way PvP is going to be in Tor. So I'm, I'm thrilled because I'm comfortable with it. I like it. In Dark Age of Camelot, we had three factions. Of course, in Tor, we have two. But that's cool, because I'm an optimist. Like, whatever they hand me, I'm like, gee, thanks. I'm so excited. Watch my loved, enthusiasm. Yeah, I would have loved a third faction in this game. I would have to, I would have loved it if Mandalorian was the third faction. Oh, not even to go that far, but have uh, Mandalorian bounty hunters, smugglers, people who live on the seedier side of life, sort of in the middle. Yeah, like independent people. So you have, like, the hardcore Republic, the hardcore... Empire, and then you have the independence, which of course would include Mandalorian. And yeah. and I don't know, you never know. Well, we do. Know. They're probably not going to change it, but at this point, we have what we have. I'm excited about it. I've experienced open world PvP, which for people who don't know what that is, that basically means you're in a huge, huge open space. There are spaces that are usually delineated to one faction and then you cross like an invisible barrier and you're on the side of the other faction and you're just running around in open fields hills mountains forests there might be like towers or castles or what have you to take of course in tour it'd be something different like what what would it be in tour would it be like a military compound or something like that where you're fighting you know it's kind of like there's a capture the flag element to it where you're all fighting for Mm -hmm. dominance over a specific area and i love it open world can have two people 
open world PvP can have 200 people, depending on how many people go out there and want to do open world PvP. And in Tor, they briefly discussed that, that that's something that's going to be happening. I don't know what it looks like exactly. I know that Tatooine is going to be a planet that logically could be totally open world PvP, which, oh my god, that would... That would bring me such happiness, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you because I'm really subdued because of all that Sapporo I drank. (laughs) Well, look, hold that thought. We'll come back and continue on this PvP tip because it's it's quite interesting. Uh, And first of all, here's some messages. Hey everyone, we're back. This is Blur. Hope you enjoyed the commercials. This is Blue Neko, and I'm I'm really sort of ambivalent to whether you enjoy the commercials. I don't care. I hope you did. If you didn't, whatever. I hope they were good ones. After I build it up like that. PVP. PVP. Back to PVP. Now, yeah, you're we... saying you liked it a lot I in uh, Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And that Warhammer folks are involved with Tor, which bodes well. Yes, in my opinion. And really, this is, I'm doing this podcast with you, so my opinion is like 50% awesome. Oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> uh, so, look, I, I recently watched uh, a video cast. I think it was, it was Game Breaker TV. Might yeah. have been episode ooh, 39, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but one of their guys, Mike B, had been to the fan summit, and I think. Yeah, yeah. In episode 38, he didn't talk about PvP at all, but in episode 39, the whole show was about PvP. So he sat there with, uh, I think, Gary, who runs the show, and our mate Larry Everett from Massively, or uh, Shadow on Twitter, if you want to follow him. And uh, they had a big talk about PvP, and I was I was interested in a few things they had to say. One thing I learned, and I don't know if you know this, so this is totally off the cuff, we can only do flashpoints once every 24 hours. I did not know that. Mm. And uh, the, uh, the reason I'm mentioning that is, you know, it's not PvP related, but you can you can go in and do all this PvP and be, you know, leveling and getting rewards and all this sort of stuff. However, on the PvE side, the flashpoints are going to be a lot different, and you can only do them once a day, apparently. At least that's what they were saying. I found that quite interesting. So it seems you can go nuts in PvP and uh, level through PvP, but not so much through the uh, flashpoints. Yeah, that was one thing. Speaking of leveling through PvP, I thought it was cool that, and, and I've mentioned this before in to the guild, actually, is that I will have certain days where I'm addicted to PvP, that's all I want to do, but I don't want to be pu- punished for the fact that that's all I'm doing. So I'm not doing the PvE, I'm not doing any flashpoints, sorry, I'm not crafting, big deal. I feel like doing PvP all day mm. for like three days in a row. You are rewarded with XP, and there are PvP-specific armor drops. So you can stay in PvP and get this really awesome set of armor, according to what they've told us. So they were saying they don't want to limit anyone into staying in one particular place because the rewards are better there. So they've they've made different areas of tour all rewarding in their own way. So if you're like, I'm going to do PvP for three months or I'm going to do PvE for six days, 
you you still get rewarded for your gameplay. And I love that because, again, that's very much the mythic way where you get a lot of gold. Well, gold in the older games. Now we're going to get credits, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you get good armor, which I don't like to be punished for going off and doing PvP. So yeah. that that made me happy. Well, the way I read it, I read two things into it. The first is they want to encourage people to do more PvP perhaps than PvE uh, and in that way encourage the PvP side of the game, whether on a PvP server or a PvE server, to be very healthy. Uh, I also think it might mean the PvE rewards will be better than the PvP rewards because if you can only do a Flashpoint once a day, um, you know... It's not something you can repeat all the time, so I reckon the rewards from that will be better than in PvP, which you can just do over and over and over and over every day. Oh, no, I, I agree, because from what I've seen of the Flashpoints, they, I think a couple people said that they can take upwards of, like, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. If you do, like, every single point of the Flashpoint and you're sort of going through slowly with your group. So an hour and a half of work really is going to yield a better results because you're you're in that flashpoint you're doing all the pieces to get it done mm-hmm. and yeah so you're you're going to get better stuff than pvp but you never know i don't know i'm going to do everything everything that's offered to us i'm going to do it i might sit for a whole week and craft because that's just what i feel like doing yeah look my my biggest fear well it's not really a fear but let's call it a fear for the sake of it uh my biggest fear is that I'll go into a flashpoint, I'll get halfway through, and then we'll, we'll wipe or something will happen. Uh, does that mean we can't do it again for the, the next 24 hours? Like, if I'm only playing flashpoints at weekends, like devoting my time at weekends as a, as a uh, weekend gamer, for example, and I know a lot of weekend gamers are out there, is, is that it? Do I get, like, two shots at a certain flashpoint per weekend? That's harsh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. You, you know what I just thought of? Um... Because you're you're in the Sydney studio, it is May twenty first there, and the rapture should be hitting you. Like you should be dead now, and then I, tomorrow I'm gonna die too. Yeah, look, I, I'm not. I'm just not seeing it. This could be our last podcast, so we need to really make it count. Well, I'm glad we're doing three three parts then. Right, we're making it longer because, as we all know, longer is better. Indeed, and I'm leaving that where it is. Um, we've got two questions. <laughs> The first question is, is there any particular spot in the Star Wars universe that you've always wanted to visit? For example, they've given the example of Alderaan, seeing it was destroyed in A New Hope. I guess the premise being, did you want to see it before it was destroyed? Um, It doesn't have to be a planet as we know it, or a planet that's playable in Tor, just is there any spot in the universe you've always wanted to visit? I'm going to go with Coruscant, Mm -hmm. and I want to go to Coruscant because I want to go clubbing. Okay. And I think they'd probably have the best clubs. Now, if I was feeling a little dirty, maybe yeah. I'd go to Tatooine and do mm-hmm. some clubbing there. Yeah, that'd be a bit but, rough. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a little... Those would be more like the... I don't want to go into that. But, like, <laughs> raves would be on Coruscant, and then something a little darker than a rave would be on Tatooine. Yeah. So for clubbing purposes, I would like to visit those two planets. Nice. Nice. Look, I, I, I'm going to say the same. I think Coruscant would have so many interesting things to sort of do. I know it's, it's not a very pretty sort of place in terms of there's no trees or, you know, greenery. But um, I just think there'd be so much to do there. It'd be hard to pass up. Well, there's also, if you want to go for pretty, there's Naboo. 
if if you're feeling like mm. vacation spot, beaches, pretty architecture, nature, yeah. you could go to Naboo. Hot women too. Hot women. That would be like a honeymoon spot. <laughs> awesome. Not for clubbing. No clubbing there because too classy. Yeah. Now, Domac Ice has also asked a second question. Uh, why a Mandalorian guild? I guess this is directed at me because I run a, um, a Mandalorian guild, obviously. Uh, quite simply, I've always been a fan of the Mandalorians. Um, going back, I mean, Boba Fett was great in Empire Strikes Back. Not too many years after that, I was reading the Marvel comics, and they had a whole run of comics at one stage where there was some some Mandalorians in it. There was Boba Fett and some of his mates, and was talking about things he did. It's probably been retconned to hell since then, and probably officially never happened. But I remember reading that and really getting into the Mandalorians. Like, this is, say, 1982, maybe 1983, through these comic books, and they've stuck with me ever since. It made sense to me to make a guild. I didn't want to make a straight Sith or Jedi guild. Everyone does that. I wanted to have something different, and um, it looks like it's going to work out okay. No, I think it's it's working out fabulously. I mean, from from a role play standpoint, which that's the standpoint I like to be at, it's it's working great because we have a lot of activity going on, building up the history of Beskar, tying it into the story of Bioware. Daniel would be so proud of us. Oh, he'd what love we're it. doing with he would love what we're doing with his story, and he'd we are saying it. He would. I mean, we're we're taking all of our wonderful ideas. Mm-hmm. We're not really sacrificing much, mm-hmm. and we're putting it into the world that he's created. And I just, I think it's a beautiful thing. I really do. Oh, so nice. Look, I'm going to keep us moving along here because we've still got a big topic to talk about now. This is something I saw on the forums this week. It's from a chap called, well, I don't know if it's a chap. I'm assuming it's a chap. Uh, Soul Stitch MMO is the uh, username. Recently joined the forums in April. And uh, they made a thread in the guild section of the forum saying, you know, too many people have grown up thinking guilds are persistent pugs. Uh, This guy, his first experience in a guild was in UO, and in those days, um, he felt that it was a more family sort of environment, more uh, cohesive sort of group. Uh, He then moved to EQ after UO, and he found the same thing. But fast forward to today, and he's saying games like WoW and Rift People form guilds just to essentially play the game, and it's just like having a persistent pickup group available rather than having a team of um, friends and family around them. So I thought I'd throw this general topic out and see what you thought, Blue. I think I, I would agree. Again, I didn't play WoW because I was flossing my cat during those six years of WoW. Yeah, same here. I had I had more important things to do. Sorry to the people who play WoW, but I just was like wildly uninterested in that game. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a persistence of people who are playing the game as if it were a race. I'm going. I need to go fast. Mm. I need to go hard. I'm just going to grab this pickup group because they have the best gear, because they seem to be elite, because they're the highest level. Whereas my approach to guilds is very much about community. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, if, if, if you do like slash played on your average character, you're going to have a lot of days devoted to that game when all is said and done, when you've reached end game. And the last thing I want to do is devote that amount of time to being with people I don't know, I don't necessarily like, 
I don't have anything in common with other than like leveling madly in a game. And because I'm so interested in so many aspects of the game, I like to have the variety, especially in Beskar, mm. the variety of a guild, a group of people who support all play styles. Because I think as someone who likes to do a little bit of everything, I like the buffet that the game offers. I want to be with people who are like-minded individuals. I think we get along better. I think when things are dragging in the game, we could still have quality social time. And I think when you have a guild that's very alive and enthusiastic and active, when you're going to do a raid or when you feel like doing PvP or when you need help killing this mob or you want to do a flashpoint, you just go to your guild and you grab like these four friends or these eight friends or these 20 friends, and it's people you know, people you trust, people whose play styles you're familiar with because they're like family, because they are your friends. And I was around back in the UO days, and I miss that. I miss when it was about, here's my character, there's a person behind the character, and let's see if we get along, and let's do something together amazing in this game. And mm -hmm. and I miss that, I which is probably why I didn't like WoW, because WoW seemed very like antiseptic and empty to me. It was just like a bunch of people, and I don't know a ton about WoW, but I, I believe that there were scenarios where you had to have certain armor to do certain raids, and people would just say, like, bugger off, you don't have the right armor. You know, shove yeah. off and go away. And it was like, really, you're you're denying people the happiness, the happiness of this game and, like, the social interaction because they don't have the right armor? That's obnoxious. Yeah, a lot, a lot more hardcore attitudes to a lot of aspects of gameplay seem to have risen up during the the WoW era, if I can call it that. Uh, things that were never part of being in a guild a long time ago, you know, back in '97 um, with Ultima Online, and you know, uh, later with uh, EverQuest. Uh, things that are just alien to those games seem to have come up because of WoW, and it's it's staggering. And WoW is like a roleplay killer. So I have like no love for WoW because I'm I'm very into here's the theme. People have made music. Well, let's let's talk about our Friday update. People have gone to great pains to make excellent combat audio. <laughs> so we need we need to take advantage of that and really be immersed in the Star Wars universe and to just be like, yeah, I don't give a crap about any of this. I need a good pickup group. Yeah. That's so empty. That's that's like someone who can't really connect with other human beings and I don't that's like a sociopath kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm not into that. Agreed. Look, I've got more to say on this and we're coming up to uh our next fifteen minute break. Should we go for a fourth slot? Oh my god. Let's go for a fourth slot because yeah. we're going we're gonna die today, remember? This well, is the it, end of the world. Exactly. So fourth slot for tomorrow we die. Brihana let us do this. You're listening to Two Tall Gamers and Some Microphones. Here are some adverts. And we're back. This is Blur from Beskar, and with me, the under-the-weather, Blue Neko. I'm not under the weather. I just had a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your excuse. Yes, it is. I'm going to stand by the excuse for the rest of the show, sir. Well, the rest of the show is only uh, 14 and uh, a half minutes away, so it won't be long. Here we go. Okay. We were talking about uh, 
guilds, old school guilds, and then yeah. blasphemous WoW crap guilds. Yeah, Soulstitch MMO, a, a user on the uh, Tor forums, had mentioned uh, that he thinks, or she thinks, too many people have grown up these days thinking guilds are just persistent pugs, places just to level up people you sort of know vaguely, and, you know, it's not like the good old days. I want to say, this is this is my rant now, I want to say to Soulstitch MMO that the good guilds are still out there, because there are people out here who have come up through the Ultima Online and the EQ experience and stuff like us, and who are still pushing to have old school style guilds. Now, look, I know some people maybe began in Ultima and went to EQ and then got to WoW and then got diverted and maybe they've changed, but there, there are still people like me, like Luneco, uh, like, from what I can see, you know, many other people out there who, who believe in the old school sort of style of doing things. And you create a guild because it's a social experience. I mean, why else would you be playing a multiplayer game if you didn't want to actually be social with people? Right. I don't get that. I mean, some people get it. They're like, oh, well, I just want a smarter opponent. I just want to shoot that person in the head. And uh, if that guy over there can help me, great. I don't care what country he's from. I don't care what he ate for dinner. I just want to do this. It's just a game. Whereas to me, these games have always been uh, not not a life simulator, not a world simulator. That's probably over-egging the pudding a bit. But you you are an avatar in this particular world and you are doing things that have an impact on other people and it just makes sense to me that you'd want to befriend some of them or be be enemies with with others and live out a little um, adventure sort of life in in this game when you feel like stepping into that world absolutely well i i consider for me from from my vantage point mmoing has an artistic aspect to it. We are creating art together in a persistent world. There's a theme to tour that we all love. And I have always played with friends. I've always played with real-life friends. And then I've made friends in games that became real-life friends. And to me, these are the best people to spend my free time with because this is like a bit of escapism. Mm. It's a hobby. So there's like an element of fantasy, but there's also an element of I worked all week. I want to relax now. With whom do I want to relax? I want to relax with my friends. I don't want to just grab some guy that I know nothing about over there because he has good gear or he's the right level. And I'll run through this flashpoint for an hour and a half and I'm never going to see this guy again. That's, mm. To me, that's very empty. So I'm, I'm with you on the whole aspect of community and connecting socially and learning about people. I love being in character in the game. I'm very serious when I do PvE. But during downtime, I like to know who I'm playing with. I, I like to know what they're about and, and what they bring to the game, what they like about the game. But mm. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just too warm and fuzzy and nice like that. Uh, well, after a few beers, you definitely are. Uh, look, I, I, I think the... Um, and I like the Dutch. You do? Yeah, because I like everybody. They they, they have some pretty decent beers, I've got to say. Well, there you go. Continuing Dutch on that beer. beer theme, yeah. I like the beer theme. <laughs> look, I think, I think the internet has spoiled people uh, in a big way. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say people of our vintage, you know, Generation X, real Generation X people. We remember a world without the internet, and obviously the baby boomers before us do as well. 
we remember a world where to get information about specialist things, you had to buy a fanzine or you had to get a um, a newsletter in the mail. You know, it might be a couple of um, sheets of paper stapled at the corner, folded over, given to you by some enthusiast. You just couldn't go online and listen to podcasts or read websites or do any of this sort of stuff. So we, I think we, as Generation X speaking for the whole generation here, um, have this sense of how amazing and powerful and interesting the internet is. And we can see that what we're doing, I'm talking to you in the Los Angeles studio. This would not have been possible 15, 20 years ago. Um, I know. It's it's totally awesome. But I think we're still hanging on to that social dynamic, which is cool, too. We We could be just meeting on the street talking about topics that we both have an interest in. We just happen to be doing it over Skype. Mm, mm, exactly. And what I think, though, is the, the next generation, Generation Y, has come along and they've always had the internet. Um, they've gone to school and the internet's been part of their life. It, it just is. And I don't think they fully sometimes get what what it really means because that's just how it's always been for them. Whereas I think for us, we've, we know what the world was like without it. Now that we have it, we know how special it is. Whereas to these guys, you know, walking in and sitting down at uh, school and talking to someone in Japan, eh, no big deal. Right. To us, no. it's like, oh my God, you're talking so It's like amazing. Well, I, I, think, I think to us, because we didn't have it initially as younger people, we see it as a tool and a resource and an opportunity to learn where your average young person right now sees maybe, for example, Facebook as a place to like fight with someone who pissed you off in fifth period. And whereas I like to fight with people in person, I like it, you know, I like old school fighting. I don't fight with people on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. They've lost their humanity. They want to do everything online. They want to brag online. They want to share online. They want to fight online. Yeah. I want to learn online, but then I want to experience the world with actual people face to face if possible or in our case Los Angeles Sydney mm -hmm. over Skype but I'm not getting on Skype because I want to argue with you about a game I'm getting on Skype because we're coming together because we love a game yeah and we're going to create something yes we're going to create something which that's that's something that the galactic underground guys were talking about that if if you're going to be part of a community you have a responsibility to create something and build that community. Don't just be someone who comes in waving your arms wildly, disrupting everything. Create something. Create a wonderful raiding guild or PvP guild or write amazing fan fiction or do a cool podcast or radio show or do amazing art that's going to be on Fan Friday. Create something so you're adding to the community instead of being like a soul-sucking, bottom-dwelling, leech-waste-of-space douchebag. Wow. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. That was just a hypothetical. I was going to say, tell us what you really think. This is a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's easy to generalize. And look, I know out there listening, there's probably some... 12-year-old who totally gets what we're talking about when it comes to community and they're saying, I can see this, I'm Generation Y, I can see this. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are, there are exceptions to every rule. But just broadly speaking, I think a lot of Generation Y treats the internet and online as a, um, an entertainment medium rather than a tool. 
and it's entertaining to go to this website and fight with someone, and it's entertaining to play this game the way I want to play it and not care about who's around me, whereas we we see the bigger, the really the bigger picture. We see that this is a community. These are real people. You know, um, create something. Build it up, because it's only with a strong community that games actually survive. No, you're absolutely right. And I think in building a community, it's about... I want to learn from others. I don't think I know it all. I want to engage with others. I don't think I'm the only person in the universe, and and I'm the only interesting thing out there. I think that everyone brings something different to the table, and that's what community is about. It's about reaching out and connecting with other people, coming together, playing the game. You're going to meet people that you have a lot in common with, that you really gel with, Mm -hmm. maybe in the different aspects of the game. And and it's not about, I'm here for myself, I'm very selfish, how can you serve me? It, that that doesn't work. That that creates that sterile, antiseptic, empty, wow feeling, which wow feels so cold and unfeeling to me. The graphics might have been cute, there might have been some high points in rating or what have you, or cool loot, but ultimately... Were a lot of people making lifelong friends? Was there amazing role play coming out of it? Were, were you left feeling like this was a socially dynamic experience for me? Or was it just merely a game? It was just a game. Here's my 15 bucks. I'm playing a game. That's the end of it. Yeah. For $15, I could make lifelong friends, create amazing role play, see beautiful art, experience music, Wonderful PvP. I mean, that's really getting a big bang for my buck. If if it's nearly, I don't want to get like all sentimental and crazy, but if it's nearly life changing, that it's such a wonderful hobby, the way people might feel about like singing or painting. To me, when you're interacting in a game like Tor and you're creating through role play and activity and even decorating your guild ship, <laughs> if we're allowed to, if we're allowed to do that. That's so much more rewarding than just bing, bang, boom, I'm playing the game and now I'm turning it off and I'm going to go do something else. But again, people can do whatever they want to do, but because the Star Wars universe is so loved by so many people, it just makes sense that we would all come together and be enthusiastic and excited to be playing this wonderful game together. Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah. Look, well well said. For me, you you see people who uh, they could play a single-player game and then something like this gets tossed up and they're like, oh, I must play that I must play that multiplayer game. And then they get in and they don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want to work with anyone, you know, unless there's some immediate effect, like you can help me finish this quest or you can help me finish this um, thing that I need or you can give me X, whatever. Unless it's that kind of very rudimentary uh, interaction, they they don't care. And yet they've busted their gut. They've broken their neck. They want to get into this multiplayer game. But when they get there, they're not interested in the multiplayer aspect. That's It's just bizarre to me. It does my head in. Right. So we're like totally on the same page here. And I think a lot of people agree with us. And I hope that everything that people are creating out there, because there's a lot of people doing posts on the forums that are very positive, Art, role play, they're very inquisitive about the game, they're very positive about the game, they're very active. We have the radio station, Bootleg Radio is very good, people doing podcasts, different shows online, yeah. just really coming together 
talking about what's so wonderful about this game and how it's going to bring us all together. Yeah, yeah, look, and, and thanks for that. Um, we've come up to the end of the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's happened again. <laughs> and I'm still buzzed, which is amazing. That is awesome. And, look, I'm not going to push for another 15 minutes. I think Brion's probably an hour is probably our maximum. So let's uh, let's wrap it up by telling people about Twitter. Yes, Twitter. We're, we've been tweeting. I'm, I'm like, a not, not tweet savvy, so Blur's been doing all the tweeting. But, you know, I'm behind him with my pom-pom saying, go, Blur, keep tweeting. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you. You can catch us on Twitter at at Two Tour Gamers. Uh, and we also have, we started one for our guild a long time ago. We grabbed the name and then didn't do anything with it. So we have got one up and running now for Beskar, which is simply at Beskar. So if you want to follow us at Beskar or at Two Tour Gamers, be my guest, get on Twitter and follow us. I love chatting with people on there and I'm going to teach Blue how to use it as well. And uh, we'll see you there. Yeah, and for anyone who wants to send in questions, even though we're really horrible about interacting with the audience, we keep talking about community, and then and then we don't we don't go through like the dozens of questions we have because we're very chatty. But we should practice what we preach. I know we should practice what we preach, but we have two tour gamers at gmail dot com is the email where you can send us your questions, either written questions or MP three questions. I love the MP3 questions because then, again, building community, we get to hear your voice mm-hmm. and sort of sense your enthusiasm and excitement about the game yeah. or frustration, depending on what, what the question is. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're at the end. We are at the end. We've got to go. I know. we got to go. So, Blur, it's been great. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. <laughs> I'll see you next week. See you next week on Two Tour Gamers and some microphones. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.